Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rant Media Podcast. My name is Ahmed Baba, and I'm joined by my fellow co-founder, Adam. So today, we're going to talk about the 83rd week of Trump's presidency, a week that would implicate President Trump in crimes. This is Rant Media. Well, this week was quite the doozy, to say the least. Uh, Five of Trump's associates are now convicted felons. But first, uh, let's just start with one of them, uh, Michael Cohen, who is Donald Trump's former personal lawyer slash fixer and the RNC's former deputy finance chairman. Definitely can't forget that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's entered into a guilty plea as part of the criminal investigation being conducted by the Southern District of New York. So his guilty plea admits to eight counts that include bank fraud, tax fraud, and campaign finance violations, two of which include conduct that involves President Donald Trump. So, Adam, uh, what, do you, uh, what do you think of this whole situation? Well, I think uh, a new term entered our lexicon this week, and that's individual one. <laughs> exactly. And that is how Donald Trump, the president of the United States, was referred to in his plea agreement and in court transcripts. Um, And, you know, CBS had an uh, an incredible headline the other day that said, of all the things Trump has been called, individual one may be the most damaging. (laughs) Yeah, true that. I mean, this was, I mean, we we knew what what, who the uh, plea was referring to, but it's just... It's really stunning to see it, the, the way that that document was outlined. It, it really play by play showed how Donald Trump and Michael Cohen orchestrated covering up and suppressing these damaging stories about his affairs in, in, in a way which is clearly criminal. Yep, a- absolutely. And, um, you know, let's let's talk about those two counts that directly implicate the president of the United States. Um, one of them was the pay- was an improper, illegal corporate donation that was used for the catch and kill Karen McDougal story, the former Playboy playmate that Donald Trump allegedly had an affair with. And now we have, in legal documents, outlined um, the conspiracy essentially to to pay her off, to pay to to buy her silence. Exactly, and it, it was through. Uh, it involves that tape that we heard. Uh, it confirms that the tape of Donald Trump. Um, referring to making uh, payments, or mm-hmm. it seemed seemed like they were going to buy the rights from from uh, American Media Inc. Uh, because essentially, what they did was systematically seek out stories mm-hmm. um, that were damaging towards the president, in coordination with with Michael Cohen, right. at the direction of Donald Trump, to suppress these damaging stories ahead of the election, which, as we've seen, is an illegal in kind contribution. Right. Um, and unlike what what uh. What Mr. Donald is saying, calling, <laughs> saying that these aren't, we are now at the crimes aren't crimes situation where Donald Trump tweeted that these illegal campaign finance violations weren't crimes. Yeah. They were just illegal and pled guilty to. Right. Everybody does campaign violations. But what makes this very different from what Rudy was trying to say and what the president was trying to do and compare this to a case of the Obama campaign uh, not filing uh, disclosures from online contributions in a timely manner is that you have a conspiracy here. You They concealed these payments. They didn't even reveal these payments until, I believe, this year when they updated their 2017 disclosure. So, I mean, if I could just read from it, this you know, direct quote, 
in or about January 2017, Cohen left the company and began holding himself out as the personal attorney to Individual One, who at that point became the president of the United States. We're only talking about one person. Yeah, here, it, it was it was really subtle <laughs> how they identified uh, Donald in the in the in the docu court documents, and I mean it was just really something to read it all painted out that way. We've all seen these stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we've been made aware of the fact that they were weaponizing American media, and we we uh, assumed via David Pecker, who's the CEO, his we'll, relationship. We'll talk about much more in a bit. We'll talk about more and more in a little bit because he's. Uh, He's coming back around right. nowadays in the news. But uh, it was clear that they were coordinating. Um, they had been doing it for years, uh, regular stories, because you know, Donald Trump's relationship to the tabloids mm-hmm. goes back to the, you know, the 80s. And it, it's really something to watch how everything that brought him up is now beginning to tear him down. But, of course, more on that later. Yeah. Um, this Cohen, this is the president of the United States implicated in criminal conduct right and and the thing is the crimes that are alleged here um and the crimes that michael cohen has now pled guilty to and is now convicted of are crimes that were uh committed to advance the campaign of donald trump these are election law violations exactly they are directly tied into frankly the legitimacy of the trump administration Exactly, and also uh, Cohen specifically in the plea, it, it says it was it with the, the the purpose of influencing the election, and it's so interesting mm-hmm. how this is happening right as another entity of sorts. I don't, I don't, know, I forgot the name. I think it's Russia uh, <laughs> interfered to also influence the election. So Donald Trump was not only colluding potentially uh, mm-hmm. with there's evidence of collusion with Russia or conspiracy to influence election. He's colluding with cohen right um to to influence the election and pecker and various organizations because he felt that he needed outside help and in this case criminal help yeah and i'll I'll admit you know when when this story first broke a few months ago i was a little bit skeptical of it um but then the evidence that was reported became clearer and clearer uh the women spoke out both uh, stormy daniels and um karen mcdougall and they seemed very credible Mm -hmm. came around to believing it and here we are now where Cohen is pleading to these crimes, these specific crimes that were reported on in the real news media. Yeah. You know, I mean, anybody who were paying attention to the press over the last few months would have known about these crimes in pretty intricate detail. But like, as you said, Ahmed, to see it laid out in courier font in a court filing... Is, is stunning, and you can't call fake news on it. Michael exactly. Cohen is facing up to five to six years in jail. I mean, like, this is no joke now. Yeah, But, you know, Trump still, even though it came out in court, and there are his actual mm-hmm. years uh, hanging over Cohen's head, he's called fake crimes because he couldn't call fake news. Right. The crimes weren't crimes, which makes absolutely no sense. Right. And that's not going to trick the American people, because Trump may think, oh, yeah, I can gaslight my base to think that mm-hmm. I can use the word collusion because that word specifically is in criminal code, even though conspiracy is. Right. He thinks he can use that word and gaslight the base. But, you know, his supporters aren't all just 
you know, some of them are lawyers. Some of them are professionals. Right. You know, they, these people work and they understand that you, you know, this ha- probably raised some alarms in some of their heads. Like, well, you, you know, these are I, crimes. I, these are I crimes. Mean, I know the law. I'm yeah. a lawyer. <laughs> but he's now, and that, you know, these lies are starting to become so brazen. I think yeah. you can see it reflected in his approval rating, which hit a new low. Well, not a new low, but right. Yeah, it's down at thirty-eight percent, according to Gallup. I believe the strongly approve yeah. was at a low. I haven't seen. Yeah, the strong approve, and I believive it was an NBC poll had him at eighteen percent, and that that to me, I was startled. That was an eye-popping stat, yeah. um, because he has really managed to maintain a very strong thirty percent you know of strong approval throughout his his administration yeah, like a floor of like 22 which and a floor about 22 which we've had a theory going yeah. on between us that that's probably his floor because that was george w bush's floor and that was nixon's floor 18 percent. that's wild that's a wild number and that to me indicates and and i always say this when we talk about polls um it's one poll you know, if we see this yeah. popping up more in other polls, then yeah, it's definitely something that I think is happening. Um, then this whole thing could—he might lose support in a very rapid fashion if it turns out that um, you know the president did commit crimes, directed crimes to be committed, and and is uh, in legal jeopardy. Exactly, and and what we're seeing—you uh, know—just get back on the topic of the the, the crimes. Uh, <laughs> And the potential crimes, um, you know, before we uh, touch on Manafort specifically, um, there are various other investigations plaguing Donald Trump right now. So we have, you know, this specific uh, plea itself is enough to implicate Donald Trump in a crime that would make that just now turned impeachment if Dems take the House from a possibility to a lot what a lot of people are seeing as inevitable. Right, because it's no longer abstract. This yeah. isn't a conspiracy theory. This isn't something that court. Trump can wave away and say fake news. These are, I mean, like we said, Michael Cohen, quote, flipped on Donald Trump because he knew that he was going to face significant consequences. So outside of this fake news uh, conservative media bubble the world is still operating you know exactly and and they're operating you know uh they're speaking through indictments i mean you know we another thing i just want to briefly uh point to the fact that all of the the store reports we've been seeing have been getting corroborated by indictments right uh story after story from mothers uh indictments of the 12 russians to his indictments of the 13 in the hacking Mm -hmm. um we're seeing play-by-play things we've all seen reported all it's been doing is building the credibility of the news media and they're far from fake but before um we touch more on on that aspect of trump's kind of campaign to gaslight uh there are the other investigations plaguing trump is of course special counsel robert Mueller's uh investigation which still has yet to release the uh report on Mm -hmm. potential conspiracy um and then there's the uh obstruction of justice report meanwhile we have the manhattan uh district attorney who is now uh could potentially file charges against the trump organization Mm -hmm. we have the new york uh ag who's diving into the trump foundation which has been seen to do legal self-dealing and we have the southern district of new york which is doing the cohen investigation but is also you know they this is where we go to the next thing we want to talk about with um alan weisselberg who is the trump org's longtime cfo who was given immunity by the Southern District of New York? That I think should be to Donald Trump more more scary than than Michael Cohen taking this plea. I mean, Weisselberg has been with the Trump Trump organization since Fred Trump, old man Trump, ran it. 
Yeah. You know, he has controlled the money since the start of Donald Trump's career. Yeah. And he knows where the bodies are buried, if there are bodies, you know, yeah. metaphorical bodies. So he, he really kind of holds the keys to the books on, on what the Trump organization has been up to for the last 30 to 40 years. And it's um, the president of the United States is probably not feeling too good about the, uh, the person who probably knows him the best in a business sense cooperating with the federal government right now. Yeah, ex- exactly. And um, when you're given immunity in this, um, from what I've read from legal experts, uh, is you're you know you're compelled to reveal mm-hmm. the, you're given immunity in what you testify on, right? right? And what you reveal. Now, if he was just given immunity for the Cohen situation, you know, I'm sure him having if he given his knowledge, if he is aware of other crimes, he would likely want that that could potentially be discovered down the line. Mm-hmm. He would likely want immunity on those as well. Right. So. I'm sh- if I was him personally, I would say, hey, you know, I know some other things. Yeah, let's set up some pre, you know, immunity deals around those because right now we don't know the extent. Right, and and that's a good point. To be fair, we don't know a lot about why uh, Weisselberg has been given immunity. Um, I've seen some of the same speculation from legal, uh, legal experts that you have that they don't, they wouldn't give um, Michael Cohen the plea deal if they didn't believe him. Number one, mm-hmm. so that could be mean that Weisselberg has already testified. Yeah, with them. Um, or it could mean that they're after the bigger fish, frankly. And the the thing is that you know, I got a smile on my face saying this because like, it's, it's insane. It's, it's wild. Trump, the reason why he's freaking out right now, everyone, is because he can't fire the whole Southern District of New York no. Office of Federal Prosecutors. You know that's and his and um, you know uh, Dershowitz, which is kind of like. Someone who's been defending him in the press. I don't even know what his his plan is at this point, but he pointed out correctly, I think, that you know, yeah, the mother uh, report is one thing, but the Southern District of New York is the bigger threat oh, yeah. to the presidency because uh, obstruction of justice. Republicans will, could explain, could will try to explain away. Right, they'll say that you can't uh, identify his intent when he was doing these exactly. actions. The cons- uh, even though Don McGahn's cooperation. With the White House might, but still, they would they would try to just explain it away and say, hey, well, Comey, James, mm-hmm. FBI Director James Comey was actually, you see the IG report, you see how he was, you know, seen to have done wrongdoing, etc. Right. But so they try to explain that away. Then they would try to explain the way, as we've seen, the conspiracy with Russia, because Donald Trump's already tweeted, I, my son tried to get dirt from the Russians. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he said in a, in a tweet. And, and at the same, you know, somehow his catchphrase is no collusion. You know, he says that multiple times a day after he has admitted multiple <laughs> times that his son sought to meet with Russians to get dirt on Hillary Clinton. But, okay, that would be evidence of collusion. But, okay. But, yeah, you know, Let, I mean. Let's assume that they'll wave it off just like everything yeah, else. Yeah, they'll wave it off because now we're starting to see some early defenses in the conservative uh, uh, Hannity-verse uh, mm-hmm. where they are saying, hey, well, you know, if – if you, a standard operating procedure, if he was getting that dirt from the Russians, I mean... Oh, I mean, even there's a profile of Glenn Greenwald out today, um, a notorious skeptic of anything having to do with this conspiracy, and he says that, um, yeah, even if Putin uh, hacked the emails and gave them to WikiLeaks, that's just, quote, standard shit. It's not standard shit. No, it's not. It's far from standard shit. It's weird shit. It's illegal shit. 
it's illegal. It's certainly illegal shit, and it uh, is conspiracy uh, to defraud the United States. It's a conspiracy to do various things to the United States, and we'll see those pop up uh, as we've seen with the hacking. I mean, how is it standard stuff if the if the other side? Because Mother's already established the underlying crimes right. with the hacking indictment, with the propaganda uh, indictment, uh, with the troll farm. So. That's already been established to be illegal. So if you're coordinating with that, that's your you're co-con- helping them commit this crime. You're a co-conspirator, so that right. undercuts Glenn Greenwald's and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Glenn Greenwald's and the conservative media's talking point, <laughs> horseshoe theory in action. Yeah. Um. But so essentially, they try to explain those things away, but they can't explain away the hard evidence, just like that Manafort juror, mm-hmm. which now we can get to, um, because I think what she said was important and. And relevant I to, agree. Relevant to this discussion. So, Paul Manafort was convicted on eight counts. He, uh, five tax fraud, two bank fraud, one hiding foreign accounts. Um, and there was ten counts that couldn't be reached because one of the jurors just refused to... Just indict. one. Just, just one. one. And that's very telling as well, but we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, but the, there was one juror who went on, um, I think it was with Paula... She went on Fox and then she went on CNN. Yeah, um, I think back to back nights. Yeah, back to back. And she she called the mother uh, investigation a witch. She thought she thought it was a witch hunt. Which she was, says she's a owner of a proud owner of a MAGA hat. She's a Trump supporter, but yeah. she voted in conviction on every count mm-hmm. for for uh, for uh, Manafort. And she said because the hard evidence and the documents couldn't didn't lie, she did her duty as a juror to put her political leanings aside. Mm-hmm. Now. So far, what we've had is reports. We've had some, you know, pleas. But when the Southern District of New York or, uh, you know, and there's the actual evidence of potential, you know, let's say tax fraud or business fraud, like from the Trump org end of things. With documentary evidence, there would be documentary evidence unless it is destroyed. Yeah. Then it's it's hard to deny what the president has done because now you're. What you're claiming fake, you know, this is fits into Trump's, uh, you know, delegitimization of the uh, or attempted, mm-hmm. you know, he's undermining institutions. He's undermining the institutions so that when these reports come out and, you know, when the Southern District of New York comes out, he's betting that enough people will say, well, you know, the DOJ was out to get him. So, yep. um, you know, we don't care. And then his approval rating will, will be uh, solid enough that. Uh, GOP senators won't vote to remove him from office when the Democrats, after they if they win the, the House, inevitably impeach. Yep, that's his whole ball game here. He none of this illegal strategy. He's betting it all on diluting a segment of the population with lies. Yep, yep, that's right. And that juror, her name is uh, Paula Duncan. Um, like we said, proud Trump fan, but when confronted with the evidence, she insisted he was guilty. No one's above the law. And she said, quote, it was our obligation to look through all the evidence. And once she looked through that evidence, her, along with every single other juror in that room, found that, except for one, found that Paul Manafort was guilty on all counts. And even that holdout that mm-hmm. just, that that hung the jury on 10 counts still convicted him on eight which could amount to 80 years. Yes, exactly. And uh, Paul's not a young guy. No, <laughs> he's not. And and that's another thing is, you know, after the, the results were read and the jury counts were released, that was eye-popping. It would be a different thing if if uh, on the hung counts we were looking at 50-50 split, you know, mm-hmm. or two or three holdouts. No, it was one. Yeah. 
And if I'm Paul Manafort's defense team, that's scary as hell. You know, that meant that even with the president, this again, this jury was not sequestered. You know, there like there is no way to say that there wasn't taint on the jury. I mean, I in our connected world, I find it highly unlikely and highly implausible that these that the 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 media commentary surrounding this trial didn't seep its way into that jury room. Talking with friends, talking with family, checking the news, checking Facebook. The, the Manafort trial was closely covered for as long as it went on. And to make matters worse, the president of the United States weighed in. Exactly. Right. As they were deliberating. Right. On a uh, Friday. So a they, Friday, they could like, go home know, and let it sink Paul, in. I think it's disastrous. What, this is ad lib. It's not exact quotes. <laughs> but he was saying it's disastrous what they're doing to Paul. You know, he's a great guy. He's a good man. He complimented someone um, who was you know, facing countless uh, criminal counts. Right. Um, and then after he was convicted... Still repeated the same, and then he called. Uh, he called Michael Cohen because um, this all happened on Tuesday in like right. some were dubbing it Hell Hour. Yeah, apparently the people in the White House are are dubbing 4 p.m. of last Tuesday Hell Hour, and for the White House, it and the the people that were in those courtrooms, it was hell. It happened within, and it, and it was and it was heaven for a lot of others. Uh, <laughs> it happened within minutes of each other. It was like Aaron Sorkin just. Just like he wrote that McCain moment when he did the thumbs down. Oh yeah. Um, there was eight within eight minutes, eight counts, convictions, eight count plea. Right. And it was disastrous for Trump because it meant uh, now the I'm sure that the you know poster he has of all his Trump associates who are currently con- uh, convicted felons in his you know in his White House now has to grow by two people. Right. And these two dudes were high on the deck of cards. I mean, we're talking about the campaign chairman and his longtime personal lawyer. You know, to back in, I think it was April, he was on Air Force One denying these payments to to these two women and said, oh, no, you'll have to ask Michael. You have to ask my lawyer. And then within like a short period of time, Michael's... He's he's he's, he's leaving <laughs> Yelp reviews on Twitter saying don't don't hire Michael Cohen he's a horrible lawyer you yeah. know and you know and just to fully you know showcase how many you know that Trump does not pick the best people in example number five million mm-hmm. uh, Paul Manafort was the campaign man uh, campaign chairman eight felony counts now. Um, National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, which is a whole other, we can do a whole other pot on him. We will one day. We will whenever they finally sentence <laughs> or schedule that sentencing hearing. Yeah, because it got postponed the same day, of course. Um, yep. That this all went down. Michael Flynn pleaded guilty. Cooperated investigators. He pleaded for uh, lying to the FBI about his calls with uh, Russian Ambassador Sergey Kislyak mm-hmm. about Russian sanctions. Uh, Deputy chair, campaign chairman Rick Gates pleaded guilty. Star witness of the Manafort trial, which may not have been the best uh, move for the uh, for the uh, prosecution, but um, he again provided documentary and compelling evidence. Yeah, and former campaign advisor uh, George Papadopoulos pleaded guilty and to lying to the FBI and cooperated with federal mm-hmm. investigators. So there's a you know this is not this is unprecedented. You know all of this is happening. This is not just day run of the mill. Oh well, everyone. <laughs> You know. Yeah, all administrations. We just pile up the indictments. Yeah, just several criminals and endless corruption. Frankly, it's usually the Republican ones. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to be, be real. I mean, we're going to be real. Think about it. One of uh, Trump's uh, most recent pardons was of Scooter Libby. Basically, we've got several uh, just 
endless scandals plaguing, not just from the, you know, this criminal front. We've got the endless corruption, the emoluments clause suits, which are piling up on Trump in the mm-hmm. background of him receiving foreign uh, contributions from uh, from uh, these uh, from these foreign nationals. Um, right. And it's illegal for a president to benefit financially. He's never divested. So there's all these things that Trump has allowed to pile up over the over the years of his presidency. And then the, the mountain of deception he's built his whole career on right. is just coming back to haunt him at every level. And the crimes, you know, it's you, you it's almost going to be so insurmountable by the end of this where you have to ignore everything. Right. And this is where it becomes um, and I, I don't want to give the Trump administration a talking point. But when you're under siege from this many fronts, it's hard to do anything but play defense. And, you know, uh, Bill Clinton was under siege for almost eight years. George W. Bush was under siege for a long time, too. And at their hairiest moments, they were all those administrations were fully consumed with the defense of the administration. Um, And, you know, we keep throwing the word out unprecedented. But even at the height of Watergate, I don't think we had these many parallel scandals exactly going on at the same time there are so many threads here to this thing and the republicans are fully aware of it like like uh axios reported the you know they went ahead and got a leaked document from house republicans Mm -hmm. of the list of several investigations that the democrats will likely open up once they take the house back and it is huge it's it's an incredible list and you know i the best way to frame it i think is that here are here are basically all of the scandals that um the house republicans right now are are um covering up to be frank about it yeah you know and and let's go through them yeah let's do it president trump's tax returns he said he'd release them during the campaign we haven't seen him he claims he's under audit you can still release your <laughs> yeah. tax returns while under audit. Trump's family business. We're talking about emoluments there. Yeah. Trump's dealing with Russia, of course. Um, the payment to Stormy Daniels, which we've covered. Jo- James Comey's firing. The firing of the U.S. attorneys, including Pete Pre- Bahara, who was mm-hmm. the head of the SDNY. And he went and tried to inter- tried to speak mm-hmm. directly to Preet. It's, it's everything that has happened is right. all making sense suddenly. And and Preet isn't exactly shy about mm-hmm expressing how improper he felt that the Trump administration uh, handled themselves while in office. And since leaving office, he's been one of his most vocal critics. Exactly. Um, we also have the proposed transgender ban for the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Mnuchin's bi- business dealings. White ne- <laughs> I can't even read this without <laughs> laughing. White House staff's personal email use. Yep. I mean, <laughs> can you believe it? Oh, and that's Ivanka. Kelly, uh, Kushner, I believe ev- Reince. I mean, everybody at the beginning of the administration, they, and they all banned They all had yeah. personal accounts, right? And, and you know, John Kelly's email was and, hacked in the transition. It was actually hacked. The thing is, yes. everyone's concern <laughs> was like Hillary's. Uh, he's putting, she's putting classified information at risk, and then Donald Trump becomes president, <laughs> and his whole staff has personal, uh, right? And not to mention, he himself revealed pri- classified information. Get, all right, just let me. I'm just gonna pause before you hear this next part. In the Oval Office, with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, the day after he fired FBI Director James Comey and told him classified top secret code word stuff. I mean, really bad. Like this was a horrible disclosure on Trump's part. Um, and then we also have him all the cabinet secretary travel racking racking up hundreds of thousands of dollars on travel in first yeah. class private jets etc 
um, the discussion of classified information at Mar-a-Lago, if we remember, yeah, yeah. you know, with the, uh, I believe it was yeah. with the Japanese. Yeah, she was a Shinzo Abe, and they were sitting there coordinating. Planning a North Korea response. And <laughs> yeah. we have people taking Instagram pictures and selfies uh, around the president's <laughs> war room. And he was sitting there. It's insane. And it's insane. And, and these investigations, that's what the Dems are going to, you know, yeah. that's what the Dems should run on. It's like, hey, look, we are not only going to, you know, first of all, Dems on the, on the ground are running on health care. They're running on, um, you know, they're, they're running on kitchen table, um, you know, kitchen table topics. But they need to also run on the fact that they are going to bog this administration down with investigations right. until they get to the bottom of this unprecedented, truly unprecedented Corruption mm-hmm. at every level, from every cabinet member, from every staffer—not every staffer—I won't generalize, but no. um, the, it, it is definitely. I mean, Barack Obama's presidency looks like the West Wing uh, compared to this. It may have been the most clean administration in American history, frankly. Zero indictments, zero arrests. That is unprecedented. That's also unprecedented in the modern era. Yeah, and zero, zero affairs, zero covered right. up. You know, and the thing is, it's just all the people who still support him, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily bashing the, the individuals because, you know, the, the media arm of Fox News is really, really doing their best to paint a different reality. So if you watch Fox News, you're getting one perspective. But the leaders, right, the Republican lawmakers and the people who are aware and like those like Hannity and the people who know that they're openly protecting a president. Oh, my gosh. It is a culture of corruption. And it really is from, from you know, they control both houses and, and the executive. And what have we had recently? We've had two of Donald Trump's earliest congressional supporters, literally one and two, go down in, uh, in indictments for insider trading. Um, and most recently with Duncan Hunter from California, he got arrested along with his wife on... Um, Charges that they misused campaign funds and misused, did they? I mean, we're talking about yeah. a forty-page indictment with meticulous bookkeeping uh, that that outlined every single malfeasance taken by uh, Representative uh, Hunter and his wife. And it, it, yeah, and you it, know what Hunter goes out and says, and this goes back to what we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier about undermining investigations and undermining faith in institutions. Is he's of course blaming this on a deep state yeah. conspiracy? He's blaming on a deep state conspiracy, and then. Just to give you some uh, insight into whether or not he's guilty of these charges, uh, he's actually using campaign funds to pay the legal fees. So he's misusing campaign funds to try to pay for legal defense against charges that accuse him of misusing campaign funds. I'm sorry if I sound like I'm laughing because I am. It's just it's it's unbelievable that these people really thought that they were untouchable. And Hunter's crimes go back to 2010. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it wasn't exactly a big secret, frankly. There are papers, local papers, San Diego papers, talking about the exorbitant spending that's going on with uh, uh, Duncan Hunter. So it's wild. The chickens have really come home to roost. Um, the level of corruption is insane. And, uh, and unfortunately, what this president has done is further undermine faith in our government and our justice system and the rule of law. Because now you have a congressman out mm-hmm. here parroting his lie that the Justice Department is controlled by Democrats, it's Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, notorious <laughs> Democrat? Come on, it's ridiculous. It is absurd. And they, they just keep parroting what Donald Trump's talking points, and they're, and it's, it's absurd. And now what you're going to see going ahead towards the midterms is 
on the ground while Democrats are running on the messaging of the kitchen table issues that matter to you, of, you know, health care, of putting food on the table, of actually, you know, combating climate change and, and the real issues that plague us, you'll see the watch for it in your local races. Mm-hmm. You'll see Republicans running on the deep state Illuminati is joining forces with MS-13 to come and take your children. Right. Just pure nationalism, Just racial fear. resentment, hate, fear. That's what their pl- platform is in 2018. And it's stunning because they can't run on the tax bill. The tax bill is incredibly uh, unpopular. They can't run on any of President Trump's accomplishments because there are none. Um, and if there are, they're unpopular. You know, they may be popular with that base. It yeah. may get them through the primary. But when you have to fo- face those voters in the general election, you know, talking about Space Force is <laughs> exactly something that's going to rile up the base. You know? yeah, well, I mean, it riles them up at the rally. and he's Or rile that. up the general electorate, I mean. Yeah, and he's, yeah, and he, well, yeah, and it, 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 it robbed the base for that second while they chant Space Force, but right. when they go home and they they're realize broke. that they realize <laughs> they're broke and that his tariffs just shut down their plant, or they realize that the policies that Trump is pushing directly harm the base, he's literally pushing policies that harm his base and then blaming the the uh, nations that are retaliating like China, like he's just creating issues to build fear upon that's why he did the child separation mm-hmm. he manufactures crises and then he tries to repair them and act like he's the savior with the Kim Jong Un um, oh you know, so, you know, he took credit he said there is no nuclear threat from North Korea anymore and then he turns around and, and cancels Mike Pompeo's uh, upcoming trip yeah. I mean a, a, the day after Pompeo announced the upcoming trip so he just steps on his own feet. At every turn. And that's why, like, what else can Republicans talk about? The only thing that they can do is keep that grievance up. Keep dividing. Yeah. Keep, keep dividing communities. So, you know? yo, so next time you see him bring up the national anthem protest, recognize that that's what he's running on. And next mm-hmm. time you see him bring up MS-13, recognize that that's what he's doing. And also recognize that there are only 10,000 MS-13 members nationwide, which amounts for about 1% or less of all nationwide gang activity. Right. And he is... He is he is screaming at imaginary ghosts. I'm not saying they're right. not a and threat. We even have to check our own framing. It's not a national anthem protest. They're protesting during oh, yeah, the, exactly. the national anthem. You know, yeah. and and that's it's it's insane. And uh, side note: check out Beto's uh, O'Rourke's um, defense of the players who are protesting Killed during it. the national anthem. Yeah, it was great. So on that note, I think it's time to pivot to uh, you know a condolence for a great. American hero. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, Donald Trump stepped in, uh, you know, was under his own feet on this one as well. But first, we're going to talk about John McCain and how he um, he died this past weekend, and his impact on politics is just will be felt for in America will right. be felt for generations. Yeah, uh, John. If he, he leaves behind a very complicated legacy. Yeah. Um, and if you were to search my Twitter timeline, you'll find plenty of criticism of it. Do I think that the immediate aftermath? of this man's passing is the time to talk about it? Absolutely not. I don't think so. Because underneath, yes, John McCain was a conservative. And I respected that. He was a true conservative. He stuck to his principles until the day he passed away. And he was a good man, though. you know. Yeah. And there was a good soul um, in John McCain. And he was a patriot and a fighter. And um, that can't be said enough. You know, there is... He, he was... Uh, you know, I... I think that they should rename the Senate building after him instead of a racist like uh, Russell yeah. that it's named after right now. I agree. And, you know, I mean, 
you see in those those moments of where he reveals that he's a man who stood by what he believed in when he defended Obama to one of his own supporters. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a tweet where it said, unfortunately, the Republican Party went the direction of the woman in the red shirt who called Obama an Arab. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that there was anything wrong with yeah. being an Arab. You yeah, know? of course. But and, um, yeah. and, and, you know, and then there's his 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 final moment in the Senate, which was when he he shot down the his own party's. Most, uh, which is the biggest threat at the moment, which mm-hmm. it seemed like that was actually about to happen of the repeal, the skinny repeal of Obamacare, where, uh, you know, millions of Americans were about to lose health insurance. And, you know, although you may can disagree with his political, uh, you know, is he was a decent man. And, and objectively, think, in my mind, a patriot. It, yeah, he definitely believed in his, his, uh, his country and loved it. And mm-hmm. his brand of conservatism is, you know, unfortunately, the Republican Party that was with McCain is no longer. Um, and that, I wish we had. That's what we need. We I need wish we had fifty fisc- McCain's in the Senate. Fiscal honestly. conservatism, actual fiscal conservatism. The, the the battle between limited government and big government goes back to Hamilton and Jefferson. It goes back to the founding. It goes. That's the the side by side debates we should be having right now. Right. And and when I say I wish there were fifty McCain's, <laughs> of course I wish that you know the Senate was in the hands of the Democrats. Myself. Yeah. But I wish that the Republican Party that we were facing today looked a lot more like John McCain and a lot less like Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. Exactly. Because those are the debates that are worth having. You know, right now we're debating whether or not, um, you know, that we're basically debating whether or not, uh, you know, the sun revolves around the earth or the earth revolves around the sun. We're talking you know, about hard, flat earther shit. Yeah, we're, we're debating <laughs> hard facts, you know, here. Like, but we should be debating uh, whether or not. You know, they, we should pay for said the government should cover this or whether or not they shouldn't, whether or not the government should step in here. Big yeah. government versus small government, fiscal conservatism versus some socialist policies. That's how that's what this is. You know, it goes back. And that those are the core of I could debate a fiscal conservative all day and never even, you know, never really get you know angry because it, these are they have good, solid points. And that balance is what makes our government function. Right. But when you have one side that's actually trying to move the uh, the country forward and another side who is screaming about conspiracy theories and now uh, and accusing another uh, Demo- and a part of their base is now accusing another Democrat or a restaurant or, or whatever about some you know pedophilia ring like they're coming up with conspiracy theories every other day. That's not how the government should be functioning or our political discourse. No, it shouldn't be. And, you know, let's not look at the past with rose-tinted glasses. I mean, I personally think that fiscal conservatism over the last 40 or 50 years has been somewhat of a sham because of how much they like to blow up the deficits without. But that's a debate. You see, that is a policy debate. That is something we should pay for these tax cuts. We should pay for this program. Oh, yeah. And and by the way, I'm not (laughs) earlier. I was endorsing. (laughs) I'm not talking about the recent fiscal. I'm talking about actual fiscal conservatism, not blowing up the deficit to uh, give tax cuts to, to the to millionaires. I'm talking about whether or not um, there should be certain regulations here and there, whether or not, you know, how to boost, how to boost business and industry while at the same time taking pro- care of the people, taking care of the American people. That, right. That's that balance of, of not being full, you know, free market plus, plus taking care of the citizens and giving them a safety net. The last 40 years, Republicans have been off the wall with the, since the Southern strategy. Um, the, everything has been, has been ridiculous, but, uh, I think that we got to get back to that. We really, and I think a lot of the younger um, conservatives, I've read a lot of pieces on some of the younger uh, Republicans who are running, mm-hmm. and they're actually true conservatives, some of them. And I'm hoping that maybe the uh, millennials that are up and coming 
can help reshape the Republican Party post-Trump, or maybe it's a new party. But we need to get back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, to, to get back to John McCain, though, I think he really did uh, exemplify um, what the Senate could be. Yeah. Um, he he, like we said uh, before, he was a complicated individual. But there's no questioning the man's patriotism. And for Donald Trump to try to erase him because he's jealous of the attention that McCain is getting in death. Oh yeah. And because they've had a long-standing feud, it to me is really. A, a disgraceful thing and people will say and I've seen it today people have been saying why are we spending so much time talking about flags when 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 people need health care that's a valid point but another valid point is maintaining the decency of this government and the decency of the executive branch and the decency of the presidency and the Senate you know and and McCain really represented some of the best when it came to that um, uh, and Donald Trump really is uh, was has been acting shameful um, in the wake of, of McCain's passing, uh, really petulant like a child, um, refusing to even comment in, on on him or say his name. And we're talking about a member of his own party. We're talking about the Republican nominee for president only ten years ago. You know, it's 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 really some disgraceful stuff. And I really hope that the Republican Party wakes up thinks about John McCain and his legacy and and really put into action um, some of his some of the values that he exemplified in his life yeah I mean we can we can only hope that uh, I'm not holding my breath though yeah we can only hope that of course you know Lindsey Graham uh, would be one of those people as well because he's been acting shameful as of late as well given he was McCain's best friend but Donald Trump uh, showed how small of a man he was. Once again, with the, the passing, he couldn't even muster up. He he stopped the statement from being released, and it was right. just forced he out. He had to, you know, the the American Legion, I hear, is the is the the veterans group that actually finally pushed him to lower the flag today. Yeah, and it just it just goes to show you that he's if you say he doesn't care about the country, he cares about himself. If you speak upon him negatively, he doesn't care if you served. 60 years of your life serving your country. Right. He, he doesn't care he if you were a you. prisoner of war, obviously, as he made extremely clear during the campaign. A prisoner of war that refused to be released until his men were released. I mean, that's honor. That's, that's it, you know. And for, Yeah, for Donald Trump, a five-time draft dodger, to say John McCain is not a war hero after John McCain ejected from his flight when he was shot down and was beaten and tortured for five years and didn't break and then remained as Adam points out, as you point out, remained in captivity after he was offered early release because of his father's uh, status. I mean, come on, like Donald That's Trump, textbook patriotism. Yeah, that right is there. textbook textbook. Regardless of what party you are from, you we look at that and you know that's an, that's an American who stood for what he believes in in the face of odds of challenges that none of us could even imagine being in those kind of tortured situations. And Donald Trump, once again, just proves that. He can't for one second, even when he knew, even when this just shows to show you the level of ego, even when he knows that doing that statement, not only was it the right thing, but it would have gotten him positive press, which he loves more than anything. Even him knowing that he couldn't push his pride aside. We would have I can I can see it if he would have just given up a semi human statement in the wake of uh, McCain's passing and lowered those that, that flag without any issue. We would say, you know what? I was surprised by how gracefully he handled that. And then we would have spent two days talking about McCain. 
And yeah. Trump would have been out the news cycle and could have laid low. Right. You know, and maybe rel- even recovered a point or two in his opinion polls. But nope, he decided to say, hey, I have no redeemable qualities as a human being. As, yeah. you know, John Favreau. Said. Unfortunately. Uh, it's true. Um, so, you know, on on that point, Siri just tried to interfere in the pod. Um, but, you know, on that on that front, I'd say after discussing McCain's legacy and this culture of corruption, let's hope that um, this uh, his passing will... As Adams, you so eloquently put it, wake up a lot of the people in the GOP and make them uh, have a spine in the face of what will be the most consequential months and and ahead of us when it comes to what's at stake with our democracy. All right. Well, we have quite the road ahead. Thank you for uh, listening to us uh, here today. Again, it's, uh, you know, if you want to join our conversation, we have a open Slack channel where you can subscribe and and talk uh talk news with us so it's rant.com with two t's of course and you can go on our patreon.com slash rant news and subscribe and hop in the conversation with us follow us on twitter facebook uh we'd love to engage with you so thanks for listening and uh talk to you next week let's let's hope there's not uh several more indictments or maybe maybe you will hope who knows (laughs) talk to you next week